0: On this episode of The Big O Podcast, I am joined by co-host of the Politics As Usual podcast, vegan and ride-or-die Cincinnati Bengals fan, Alex Ababio, aka Bambino Reno. We talk about the current state of podcasts within the industry, what it was like being recruited for football by former mayor of Toronto and Don Bosco's very own, the late Rob Ford, the importance of sharing information within your business community, and some sage advice for entrepreneurs who are looking to start their own business. This is The Big O Podcast. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of The Big O Podcast. I am your host, Julian Ortiz. And today, I am joined by one of the co-hosts of the Politics As Usual podcast, Mr. Alex. Now, I don't want to say your last name right now because I had some problems saying yeah. it with your brother last night. However, yes. I do want you to say it, but we will refer to you as Bambino Reno, mm-hmm. which I want to get into the origin of that. So, you tell yeah. the people your name and a little bit about yourself.
1: So... Um, on the podcast, as usual podcast, my broadcasting name is Reno. That's what I go by. Um, that name actually came from Dan Marino with the precision. I just got that precision. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, oh boy.
1: That's where the name
0: comes from. Very nice. Now Reno from Dan Marino. Now that's like a, a, a shot with your brother. Because your brother is the Miami Dolphin fan of the yeah. family, and I warned you about this. I was yeah. gonna go in, and it's starting pretty early because you brought up football already. Yeah. Yeah. You're a Cincinnati Bengals, sorry, sorry, Cincinnati Bengals fan. Yeah. Um, Joe Burrow, that's your dude. Yeah. How does it How does it feel to be one of the most dysfunctional teams of the last fifteen years?
1: You know what? I look at it like this: It's gonna be the sweetest when we finally win. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I look at it. It's 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 been it's been a rough journey. I remember the days of like Delta O'Neal and Chad Johnson, Hushman Zada. Yeah, I remember those days? And that was that was a moment. And then you know Carson Palmer got injured in that playoff game. That one hurts me till this day in that Steelers game. So. Yeah, I've just been riding out with this team for a long, long time. And we're going to win eventually. It won't always be bad. Eventually, we're going to win. Probably before Miami. I feel like we'll win
0: before Miami. Person. Shots fired. Shots Person. fired already.
1: Person. Person.
0: Wow. I mean, I like Manzada, That one great name. He had a good set of hair on him as well. Um, yep. Delta O'Neal. What a throwback! Yep. I mean, they had they had Pacman Jones on their team at one point. Um, they had um, they had that really good tight end. Uh,
1: are you talking about
0: Tyler Eifert? No, 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 no. I said good tight end, not <laughs> not Tyler Eifert. Okay, um, I can't remember his. <laughs> I can't remember his name. They had, they had Chad Johnson at one point as well, or not Chad Johnson. They had TO at one point as well. Yeah, we did. So, yeah. I mean, I was a Carson Palmer fan, as you can see in sort of the background. Yes. USC. I'm a USC fan, yep. you know, so Carson Palmer being, uh, being the guy at USC that was, you know, I have, I have some love for him, although he really got to restart his career when he got to go to, uh, to Arizona, Yes, which was, which was nice. And then had a little stint, uh. I believe before that in Oakland for, he was there for a minute Mm -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and then, uh, and then left, but enough about your Cincinnati bungles. I want to sort of get into Alex or Reno as we'll refer to you as for the rest of the podcast. Mm -hmm. You are, as I said, one of the co-hosts of the politics as usual podcast. And it it is easily my favorite podcast that's out there right now. And that, that's no news to you because every time you drop an episode, which every Thursday there's a new episode out weekly by like 3 p.m. I'm hitting you with notes, yep. comments, yep. suggestions. Of course. How is, how is the podcast coming along? What's the feedback been like, you know, getting together with two of your, your buddies? Yeah. How's it all coming together?
1: Well, first off, I want to shout out my other co-hosts, Kapo and TD. I see y'all. Um, <laughs> For me personally, I, it's been the growth. Like seeing like when I go into my Podbean account and I start looking at analytics and the number, I just start like when I start seeing the reach and the different places that are listening to the podcast, that's what kind of lets me know that I'm like on the right track and I'm I'm doing what I need to do. I'm We're just trying to be very versatile, first right. of all. So it's like when you listen to like Joe Rogan, he's, he's who he is because he knows a little bit about everything. So he could talk about pretty much everything. And that's one thing that I really took from him where I was like, I don't want to be one of these podcasts that are just held in this one lane. And it's like, I only talk about this or we only do this. You know what I mean? I wanted it more of a thing where we could, we could talk about anything. If a scientist was a guest, we can talk to him. If a rapper was a guest, we can talk to them. You know what I mean? I just want to be very versatile. So just kind of trying different things, talking about various different topics and just kind of seeing where it goes. It's been a great journey. And as you know, there was a lot of hiccups as I was trying to get, <laughs> everything yeah. going. you know what I mean? There's so many different things that people don't know you got to deal with with a podcast. And especially when you're starting an LLC at the same time and yeah. all these things, getting things ready and, trying to get in full production mode. It's it's a lot of work. People think it's just us looking good, jumping on these mics and talking on air. <laughs> it's a lot, more. there's a lot that goes into it. Of course, and you know, we talk about it all the time.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's that's been the real like cool thing, right? So, our connection, we sort of came together through through your brother, who right. I've worked with and you know, I consider a close personal friend now. Um, you know, we actually started pre-COVID my idea for this podcast originated in December well actually no that's not true it originated in 2019 and then in December I sort of came up with a plan of what I wanted sort of to happen and as you said there's a lot of stuff that goes into it yeah. especially if you're not technically savvy it's very easy to get on a mic if someone is doing the presets doing the audio levels right. You know where you're storing it. Know where the editing is coming along, and when you have someone helping you with that, it's much easier. Yep. But when you're doing it on your own and you have no idea what's going on, it is the biggest challenge. And pre-COVID, I recorded uh a like two and a half hour podcast with your brother. yes Um, where we broke down Love and Basketball, arguably my favorite basketball movie of yes. all time for many different reasons. Yes. Um but it was funny cuz like pre-covid it was it was like a different time and then covid hit mm. and it changed the game for a lot of people and we were talking just before the podcast your goal was to start pre-covid and i believe if i'm if i'm not wrong you actually mm. recorded either an episode or two episodes yes. when covid hit and you were forced to turn your bedroom into your new studio space
1: yes so so the craziest thing was it wasn't even two episodes. It was one episode. And we, oh, were, wow. we were actually starting to do the whole um, sanitation thing. Like, when we went to the studio, there was a bunch of sanitizers. Like, it was just really pre-COVID. Like, right. everybody was talking about it, but there was no lockdown or anything of that. Right. So we were just all kind of, like, tripping out. Because I listened to that episode. It never came out. But I listened to that, that episode now. And I'm like, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> Like right. when we were talking about the way we were talking about COVID, you would honestly think it was not something that was going to be so devastating because we had no yeah. idea, we were misinformed. There's a lot of information we didn't get, so it's like we were just going on the fly. And like, it's just a little comedic for me to listen to that episode now, seeing how everything is months and months later.
0: No, it's funny because like sometimes people have technical difficulties, sometimes they record things, and so much in the world changes, and now you have like this vault of this episode now is there any thought because of you know like you said you it's comedic you know what you guys were saying how how different covid ended up being than what you guys initially thought it would be is there any chance that like you might drop that episode just for fun just to, to give a different listen or is it kind of just it's gonna stay back and, and used as like a template for future episodes
1: well, I'm actually gonna put that in the vault. And once this whole COVID thing is over, then I'm gonna drop that episode.
0: Ah, there we go. See and just give a
1: perspective of how naive we were at that moment, not even knowing what was really about to happen. And That's that- interesting.
0: That I mean was- there's there's really no way for people to have known what was happening except if you saw the movie Pandemic. For right. Real? Like like that movie. <laughs> scared the shit out of a lot of people early on in COVID because it released and it was like, wait a second, this is exactly sort of what's going on. Obviously, we didn't get into like the government having to give out food and people, you know, killing each other for, for, for groceries or things like that. In some places in the world, I'm sure it got a little chaotic. We're lucky enough living in Canada, more specifically in the GTA. We didn't have to experience those kinds of things, but it really sort of, showed what could have been and it could have been quite devastating for for all of us right
1: it's true it's definitely true shout out to the way canada handled this whole covid thing i got (laughs) because i'm I'm seeing what's going on to in america shout out to all my family in the states it's it's a different game we had it it very nice compared to what they had to deal with and not even just them italy and all these other countries oh yeah you know what I mean? I'm very appreciative of how Canada dealt with this whole COVID nineteen thing.
0: Except for Brampton, I'm not going to give Brampton any credit because <laughs> there's there's a man who got like a two hundred or hundred thousand dollar ticket because he had like a two hundred person party in the midst of COVID. Like oh, Brampton was the worst. Brampton got like the most tickets early on and are still continuing to get them. So I, as much as you give credit to Canada, yeah. I say excluding. Brampton. Brampton doesn't count when it comes to that praise.
1: On this one, I with you. (laughs) (laughs) No idea that um, that was happening. That's that's. Yeah.
0: Well, it's it's funny because depending on your culture, right, and it's it's such a big thing, right? It culture really dictates a lot of things. If you are uh, from a culture where family is like a huge important part of your day to day life, because you've always been that way, where you have different you know, houses come together on weekends to have, you know, large gatherings and not like a party, but just, you know, brothers and sisters who have wives and kids and everybody sort of comes together. If you're used to that, it's a lot harder to restrict yourself from doing it. And I married into a family that is like that. And at times it became really challenging because uh, my wife's parents don't live with us. They Mm -hmm. live with two of their other siblings, but... They have like four grandkids and they're used to seeing everybody, not going out, but just like used to having everybody over. And that was one of the biggest challenges because they're older. So they're higher risk. Unfortunately, her father suffered from cancer, doesn't have cancer anymore, but because of that, it sort of elevates
1: the His risk. risk level. Yeah, of
0: course. And they don't really understand it. They don't see it that way. They just see it as we don't get to see our grandkids. Yeah. Video chat is not going to do it. Like most people I know, we're doing like video chat dinners. You know, like, yeah. I don't know if you, if, if, if you saw that, but like that was a real thing. I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's and, um, and so it became really hard. It became really hard. It became pretty stressful. And so I can understand some of the challenges in certain areas. We're, at the same time we just have to deal with those things. But yeah. like I, but I, I do sympathize and I do get it having experienced it just a little bit with my, with my family. I get it. It's, it, it's hard. And in, a lot of Indian
1: families are very big. Exactly. I can understand how, because remember you're so used to engaging with your family. That's day right. in and, day out, and then now you got the government telling you, you can't do it. Social distance. You know what I mean? It's, It takes a lot. It takes a toll on people. So we're, we're, we're social creatures, you know what I mean? So when you take that away from us, some people just don't handle it well. And I can only imagine with a bigger family, it's even worse, you know what I mean?
0: Or even people who suffer from like mental health challenges, right? Uh, Who need to get out of the house, need to be at work, need to be able to socialize Mm -hmm. in order to be mentally healthy. Whereas being locked in at home, with no contacts if maybe they don't have any family or a significant other or anything like that, they're now forced to deal with things on their own and that may not be the best solution for them with what they're going on with. I mean, I, I think I read somewhere, suicide rates increased during this time from a lot of people who were suffering from mental health or people who you know struggled because they got laid off from their job, didn't know how they were gonna pay their bills, had to foreclose on properties. Yeah this, that, and the other. And unfortunately, you know, those were people who were extremely affected mm-hmm. during COVID-19.
1: Which it's, it I, I'm not even surprised when I hear that at all. Cause when, when people are losing their businesses, like you said, and dealing with these traumatic experiences and some of them are even losing family members to the sickness at the same time, like a combination of all that can definitely drive someone that's not mentally stable at that moment. Yeah, I mean, it could definitely push them to a place where they don't want to be.
0: Now, the other side of this, right? The glass half full, half empty. A lot of people thrived in COVID as well, right? A lot of people saw this as an opportunity. Uh, A few friends of mine joked when I said I was starting a podcast, like Mm -hmm. podcast or microphones sold out everywhere because everybody and their mom started a podcast during (laughs) COVID-19. And I mean, and, and we, we talked about it too, right? We talked about it that a lot of people were starting a podcast. Yes. But when restrictions sort of laid down, people would start to stop or it would get mm-hmm. less. But those people who really pushed through during that time, kept it consistent, kept it interesting. You were going to build your audience right. during COVID to be able to survive post-COVID. Mm-hmm. And I, I know you're a business-minded guy. Yes. And I know this because I asked you how everything was going with your podcast. Yes. When are you going to start? And it kept getting delayed. Mm-hmm. But then you mentioned, I have a business plan. Yeah. Because while some people are playing checkers, you're out here playing chess. Yes. You're not just thinking about the audio content you're putting out. You're thinking about the video, the merch, the website, how you're going to get that reach. Because your podcast is first take meets breakfast club. Yep. meets pop culture. I mean, like you, you got it. It's true. It's true. Like you, like you don't have this sort of, you know, bubble that you're in. You're sort of just like everywhere and engaging and it's funny and it gets serious. And shout out to Capo who has had his Marvel card revoked. Yes. As of the Wakanda episode for not remembering that Blade was a part of Marvel. He, he
1: got it after, though. But but in the moment,
0: the Marvel. In, in the moment, he claimed to be a Marvel guy. He <laughs> like he self proclaimed it, right? Like he 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 gave himself the title and then had to walk it back. Had he not said that, it would have been fine.
1: That's what happens at the politics is usual podcast. <laughs> Treacherous. Anything can happen. There's line mind, line minds everywhere. <laughs> So now I have
0: enjoyed confused, it can happen. Yeah, it can happen to the best of us. And listen, they call you out sometimes too. I mean, I, this latest episode, they called you out for sometimes transitioning to a topic that's off of the beaten path. Yes, yes. And as we know, with podcasts, sometimes you have to be able to, you know, you have your formula, you have how you want it to act. But sometimes you just got to veer off to get that point across. You know, how do you guys come up with your topics? Because they're very relevant to the current times, but you get pretty deep into, you know, you peel back the onion. I would would describe your episode as an onion. You have it as a whole, but as you peel back, you guys are starting to deep dive into some serious, serious stuff. How did you, number one, get together with your two co-hosts? Yeah and then develop the plan that this was the way you wanted to attack your podcast.
1: So how I got into this whole podcast thing was I used to watch Vlad TV and I would watch, um, the Joe Budden podcast, Joe Rogan. And like, I remember one day I was like at work and I was sitting there listening to the podcast and I'm like, I'm just as interesting as some of these guys. I think I could. <laughs> talk about you know what I mean? Like, I like to just yeah. anything's possible, if they can do it, why can I not do it, right? For sure. So I was like, I can do that. And then two weeks later, I'm like, you know what? I really can do that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to figure out how to do that. And this was maybe a year ago. And I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way to do it. I'm going to find some hosts that I know, but like not just because I know them. They got to be able to talk about various different topics. Yeah. And then I kept bumping into TD Downtown because we both work in the downtown sector and i kept bumping into him and we'd have these these crazy conversations where sometimes we're almost at each other's neck and i'm like it's like a <laughs> podcast and he was yeah. like it is like a podcast and i'm like I should make a podcast
0: <laughs> Ah, yeah, there we go and honestly it was really
1: just as simple as that like it the main thing that inspired this was the the infamous barbershop talk where we were having the conversation who's better biggie or tupac right and i'm a biggie guy and i like i grew up on biggie so if <laughs> i know a lot of people when i do this it, it it doesn't go well but i'm a big i'm a huge biggie fan
0: right i was just
1: voicing my opinion why i thought biggie was better not taking it any away from pop i think Pac, it's it can go either way but right. i was kind of voicing my opinion why i thought he was he was the guy and td wasn't really rocking with that and we just kept button heads then it became the, not the infamous nas and Jay-Z conversation. Ooh. And it was just so many so many different things that were happening. So I was like, you know what? I'm really gonna do this like I'm really gonna actively apply myself and take the steps to make this put this podcast together and really make it happen. And that's kind of what inspired me to do it.
0: It's interesting because listening to like podcasts, a good podcast that has multiple hosts that use like debates as like their main thing is having people who can have difference of opinions without attacking someone else's opinion. Yes. Like I don't need to make my point better than yours by taking shots at yours. Mm -hmm. I'm just have to do a better job of explaining and giving points as to why I am correct in believing in X, Y, and Z. As opposed to, you know, the Max Kellerman, Stephen A. Smith, where it's like attacking almost like the character of the other person to further emphasize your point.
1: Yeah, I I find that that's kind of like a maturity thing and like an ego thing. If you can just have a, like, because there's so many conversations we even have where you have one view and I have another view. And it's like, I respect your view and you respect my view. And it becomes a comedic thing and it just you know what I mean, starts debates and good conversation, right? And at the end of the day, I might not end up agreeing with what you're you're saying or you might not agree with what I'm saying. But at the end of the conversation, you'll probably have a better understanding of what I'm saying and I'll have a better understanding of what you're saying. So I just really like that active conversation because sometimes that person will sway you to go, you know what, I am wrong. And you're right, just like you were saying on the pod on my last episode, sometimes they got to get me in check because sometimes I just hear off. And I just go on a rant and start talking about a topic go, (laughs) whoa, Reno, relax, relax. You know what I mean? So yeah, you kind of need to just be able to reel it back. It's not ego-driven, everybody's cool here, there's no bad vibes. So when you look at it that way, I find that's where you get the best conversations, and you could debate with someone without it seeming like such an aggressive, like there's there shouldn't be tension in the air. You know what I mean? Yeah. Open conversation.
0: Yeah, no. Listening to your episodes, like you guys have that amazing rapport. Barbershop was like the best barbershop talk is like the best way to describe it because it really what it is, right? Like you said, age old arguments and debates, Pac Biggie, you know, Naj Jay Z uh you know, Whitney and I don't know, who would be who would go up against Whitney? Mariah Whitney Houston. Harry. Mariah Carey. There we go. Yeah. See, I mean like you have so many good topics so many you know lots of knowledge that you guys you know showcase during the pod you talked about your analytics for your podcast i'm just curious what is the biggest surprise when it comes to the reach your podcast has has had like what's like the coolest location that you've seen Is like oh man they're listening to the podcast there uh,
1: okay i'll go I'll, I'll say a few
0: okay
1: um, Nigeria threw me off. Okay. Australia really surprised me. All right. Ireland. Ireland. Okay. That that was really odd to me. That threw me off. I was like, where did that one come from? (laughs) And and honestly, like across Canada, like certain places in like New Brunswick, like we have a bunch of listeners in New Brunswick and I would have never, I don't even know anyone in New Brunswick. And you know what I mean? It just kind of surprised me to have reached out in places like that. Even if we're shout talking about the more, East Coast. Exactly. Just if we're going to shout out more um, Canada. But yeah, the biggest surprises for me was definitely Australia, australia Nigeria, and Ireland. That was wow. That's surprising.
0: Listen, man, the politics as usual podcast taken over the world.
1: Slowly but surely, we're all going to do it. That's it. Old, that's it. The big old podcast, <laughs> usual podcast. It's all a movement. Canada's like a sector that hasn't really been tapped into. You know what I mean? Like sure. everything is relatively new here when, when we're talking the entertainment
0: industry, and especially with podcasting being a a new in,
1: relatively new industry. We could we could say like yeah. in the deals like the hundred million dollars with with Joe Logan. With That's Spotify, right. Like like it's just getting bigger and bigger, and us being in a place that is a hotbed for talent, but it hasn't really been tapped into yet. We're in a great place right now.
0: And you brought it up. Uh, Spotify made some big moves in 2019 and 2020 buying the ringer from Bill Simmons. That was a huge get. I mean, the platform that he has when it comes to podcasts, if there's anyone that I would say is up there, it would be, you know, Bill Simmons with the quantity of, of podcasts that he has under his umbrella at the ringer. And yep. then you have Joe Rogan, who's who and it might be the goat, right? When it comes to, to, to podcasting, when you look at, you know, how much viewership he gets, how much money he was making on his own. Yeah. And the fact that he negotiated his own deal where he lost no creative control for his podcast. It was just a licensing deal because then recently, and you and I have talked about this in the podcast world, Joe Budden, had a very public uh, disagreement with what happened with Spotify. He was with Spotify; that was the platform that he was with. He allegedly asked for something like two hundred and fifty million dollars in order to stay on to sign like a new deal. And you know, Charlemagne and his buddy Andrew Schultz from the you know Brilliant Idiots podcast sort of talked about it a little bit, as well as. I think it was the flagrant Two podcast where they were saying, you know, maybe he asked for too much money, but then you hear Joe Budden, you know, not a podcast I have ever really listened to up until sort of his rebuttal. And he really talked about, you know, being an owner as opposed to a pawn really Mm -hmm. getting paid your worth. And it sort of changed my opinion of the matter Mm -hmm. because why not ask, why not ask for that amount of money? If you feel like you are worth it. Yeah. Right it's true i i
1: just think that with these major corporations it can it it, it works a lot better as a partnership cuz like right the music industry has a long history of artists being taken advantage of
0: no doubt you
1: know, the infamous 360 deal where they're just taking money from you they give you a they give you your um your advance in the beginning and most most of these artists don't have financial literacy, so they get that advance thinking that that's just their money. They start spending all this money, not knowing that they gotta pay that money back to the label. They yeah. drop a hot album, the label recoups all that money from the advance they gave you. Yeah. Now you won't have as much money, but you spent your money buying cars and trying to ball out and and you know what I mean, live a lifestyle that you actually you're you're you're. you're your account doesn't say you can live this kind of life. Right. You know what I mean? So I just hope that the podcast industry doesn't kind of have to go through that same kind of vibe because that's not really, you know what I mean? That's not progressive. In the long run, it helps these these big-time streaming services blow themselves up and, you know what yeah. I mean, become, make trillions, billions, whatever, however many dollars they make. <laughs> I just, you know what I mean? I just think... Let's just break bread. This is a new, right. this is a relatively new industry. Let's just do good business. That's how I feel about it. So I don't know if everything Joe's saying is accurate. And I don't know if everything Spotify is saying is accurate. And like you right. said, it's probably somewhere in the middle.
0: 100%. There's a good chance it's somewhere
1: in the middle. But I just think you got to... You just got to be civil. We're doing business here. Let's not, let's not scam each other. Let's be honest. If you think you're worth 250 million and they say, Hey, we don't want to give you the 250 that's business. Not everybody's going to want to pay what you want. For sure. I mean, so we'll see where this industry goes.
0: And it's interesting because like you use the music industry, which has had like a long history, right? Like it's been around forever and you've seen guys like chance, the rapper, for instance, be able to release his own music. Yes. Right. And so owning your originals, is like the, the greatest thing that you can do. And unfortunately there are a lot of people, I don't want to say just rappers. Cause I mean, Kesha has had probably one of the most public oh, yeah. disagreements when it comes to her music that she doesn't own anything. She's, she feels like she's owned by doctor whomever. I can't remember yeah. the guy's name, um, but she doesn't even own like her music. She's forced to play out the rest of her contract that she signed and or negotiated or had a terrible manager or agent. And she's sort of in that pickle. Whereas podcasts really, if you have your own website, you can own everything, Mm -hmm. but it's really set up that you can get started and reach places like Ireland or Nigeria without having a major backer own your podcast. You can do it wherever you want to in your home office. You just need a good quality mic Mm -hmm. and a good recorder for your computer or, you know, like a pocket recorder and you can really take your podcast anywhere.
1: Yeah. And
0: there's a, not a lot of people unless you know you go like uh iHeartRadio has the Breakfast Club's podcast syndicated on them. Now, they're not recording anything specific. They're just regurgitating the audio from their syndicated radio show and putting yeah. it into a podcast form where it's archived. Yeah. But you could jump on and submit for free on Spotify, Apple, yeah. iHeart Yep. Any of these places and reap the benefits of whatever you put into it. So I'm hopeful, as you said, that the industry sort of leads us in a, in a place where people can be more successful. We don't have to fall into the same issues that the music industry ran into where it was just a few corporations playing puppeteer and profiting off of everybody who, you know, wanted to get paid.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm really hoping that that's the way it goes. When I hear stories like Joe Budden's, it makes me yeah. cringe a bit. I'm for
0: like, sure.
1: Ugh. But at the end of the day, he negotiated his deal, right? That's right. It's just, it's just a matter of, I don't know if they followed through with what they claimed they were supposed to do for him. That's a whole right. other thing we'll never really know, yeah. right? So I just kind of, I'm on the fences with that one. I just hope, you know what I mean? I just really hope, that going forward, business is done well because Joe, Joe Rogan's deal is that's nice. That 100 sounds real nice about now to every podcaster that's trying to start. So, if anybody out here who's listening to this is really trying to do something of that nature, apply yourself and go for it because you never know where you're, where, you're at, where you will end up. Sorry,
0: for sure. I mean, and it almost seems like almost every podcast we see now is sponsored by Manscaped. So, Manscaped, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> like i'm taking take, I'll, I'll get some ads going for you no problem
1: yeah yeah and that's Big op- there's yep. a, a lot of that going around too like so people get your business together if you want to do something like this take it serious and you could definitely get it done i was just a person who had an idea and you were just a person who had an idea and then you know you apply yourself and now we're both here with our respective podcasts coming together
0: and forming Voltron today. So I like that. Very nice. Voltron. Now I want to get into you because like this podcast, when I wanted to have you on, I love your politics as usual podcast, but I want to get to know, you know, Reno a little bit better now. Surprise it to me. Like I didn't know much about you, but your brother did explain a few things. Yeah. Um, fairly, pretty highly recruited football yeah. player. Yeah. So, Let go into your story. Where, when did you start playing football? What teams and offers did you sort of flirt with? And then what ultimately ended, you know, where did you end up going down the road? Because obviously you're not in the NFL right now. So things changed a little bit from what the plan was, but take us through your journey a little bit with football.
1: So I started off at a summer league um, in the OMFL and I was
0: playing for, the the um tie cats, okay.
1: This was um, I believe I was like in grade nine at the time, and I was playing one game, and I was just I was just rocking kids on the sideline like, and I just seen this this big dude in a suit that was just watching us playing and going get him get him get him a <laughs> get him, and I'm like, who is this guy on this? Who is this guy? And he's saying my name. I don't even know who you are. Yeah. So at the end of that game, cause I didn't even play, I played summer football for maybe like one year. Right. Okay. And then the same dude that was on the sideline ended up being Rob Ford. Oh, wow. And so Rob Ford approached me and he said, um, you know, if you want, like if you're serious about football and you want to like, you know, try and take it somewhere. I definitely think, like, you should, you know, transfer to the school that I'm coaching at. Because the school I was at, they didn't even have football at all. A lot of schools in Toronto at that time did not have football. I believe even now a lot of them don't. So right. I was like, you know what? I told my mom, I was like, yeah, I actually want to go. And my mom was kind of like, football? Like, huh? are <laughs> you crazy? Like, people are butting each other's heads, like, getting concussions. Like, you really want to do that? And I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take the chance and do it. And then Rob Ford ended up talking to my mom and my mom was like, cause my mom is like, my mom is one of those people where she doesn't really trust politicians at all. So my mom looked back at me Smart after, lady. and was like, this is on you. This is what you Man. want. I don't care what he's telling me right now, really, but it's all about what you want to do. So I ended up taking, taking the opportunity, um, I ended up playing linebacker over there, and I played safety in my last year. I got MVP of the team in my last year. Nice. Um, We had some tough losses. So we lost against Birchmount that had um, a track star. I can't even remember his name right now. He ended up going to USC, actually. I think Andre Brown, I believe his name was. Okay. Speedster. Speedster wide receiver. They ended up beating us by one point, 20 to 21. That one oh, wow. will kill me. That one always stay off game. That one always will kill me. But um, and I ended up doing that, and in my last year, I made it into the top one hundred in um Ontario. Oh wow! So nice. with that, I ended up getting schools like Simon Fraser uh, University talking to me. Um, I ended up having, of course, York University and UFT. Those schools were trying to talk to me too. Um. I had a couple opportunities in like some lower level American teams. Um, Wayne state was one of them that was reaching out to me for a possible situation. And at the time I was dealing with a lot of family issues at the same time. Right. Well, so I was like that jumping to the States or leaving. Cause I passed my SAT and all that type of stuff. So it was like just jumping to the States. I didn't feel comfortable Doing right. that yet, but like I knew that's where I wanted to go with it. So then I ended up going to a junior college in Montreal. Okay. It um it was a CJEP. I went there for for one year, and then I was supposed to transfer after that to a university either in the states or Simon. Or I was going to go to Simon Fraser because they were in um, NCAA, I believe, Division three. Yeah. They were the only school in, in Canada. Canada that was actually in this i was like you know what that's that's an opportunity i'd rather i'd rather do something like that but then unfortunately i wasn't able to proceed on i ended up having to handle those issues i was dealing with at home and that's what kind of derailed that opportunity for me and at the time personally for me i was looking at it as like damn like really could have did it you know what i mean really you know what i mean but it didn't take me long with me i'm I'm a grinder, like I'm all about getting to it, so mentally, I had to just reposition myself and I took some years to just kind of figure out what I really wanted to do with my life. You know what i mean and i had I had some struggles. it wasn't easy, you know what I mean? I had my moments where I was like, man what am i what am I gonna do? What do I really like doing? and then this whole media thing just started to pop off, and there was so many different
0: opportunities and like entrepreneurship. I hate working for people. I
1: am not a fan of work of somebody telling me when I got to get, I just don't like it. I've never been built that way. I just don't like it. So I told myself I'm going to do whatever it takes. If I got to keep working for someone to eventually work for myself, I'm going to do that. So I just started taking those steps and applying myself and working towards doing that. And then now you see me here, I have my politics as usual podcast. Um, I'm actually producing um, a show. COVID kind of stopped that, but um, I was actually producing a show called "Dropping Jewels." It's going to be like a, a YouTube web series where I actually the nice. various different jewelers that are like that do custom jewelry within the hip-hop community, and they were actually nice. going to break down their whole um, custom jewelry setup and how they go about creating some of the pieces that you see on like your favorite artists and stuff.
0: Interesting. So that's on the way, 2021. So Okay, here we go. Various
1: little like web series (laughs) and docu-series I'm working on. So I'm just pushing the entrepreneurship thing and just trying to dip my hand in everything I ever wanted to try. Because you just never know until you try. You know what I mean? You just, you really never know. I've seen too many people die and they never really got to tap into all the things that they could have been in life. You know what I mean? They say one of the worst things is to be old and sit there with regret. 100%.
0: Now, it's interesting because one of the things that I I talked to your brother about um, when speaking about you Mm -hmm. uh, early on was, you know, he really praised the fact that you were not just wanting to be an entrepreneur. because it's very easy to be like, oh, I have this dream that I want to do. But not very many people work towards it. And so you took courses and classes and programs and mentorship, and you put in the work while also having like a full-time job because you knew that that was the only way that you were going to be able to move to the goal that you had set, which was be able to do all of these things. And you come from a very like creative family. Yes. Um, A lot of artists. 100%. Right. And, and with artists, it, can be challenging because there's always a tons of ideas, but then being able to follow up on it and pursue it and, Mm -hmm. and make it into something it's hard. And when you put your heart and soul into something and it doesn't work out the way you want it to, it can be disheartening. But as you said, a grinder, you know, you're going to find a way. It may not be a conventional way. It may not be, you know, through door number one, two or three, but door number four looks pretty good. Door Number five is even better. And and you're going to figure it out and for people who are wanting to do this you know what would what would be the one thing that you feel that you learned the most in your mentorship program that you took part in what i would say
1: if, if like first off i'll say this if with this whole covid thing and everybody wearing masks and everything like social everything socially has been somewhat shut down, even though they're yeah. starting to open things up slowly as things go, um, go along. I recommend to people that you study the back house of your business. A lot of people worry about the glitz and gam- uh, glamor. Like, I want my camera to look right. I want mm-hmm. my Google to look amazing. But it's like, it's like, is your business registered? Do you know what streaming service you're gonna use? You know what I mean? Right. If you're a music artist, you have your tune course so you can get distribution. If you're a, a podcaster, do you have Buzzsprout? Do you have your Podbean account? You know, I, I really say get the back house in order. If you're like, if you going to trademark your name or whatever it may be, write everything down and really break down those things first. I would say go about doing those things first because if you just, let's say you do have a great podcast and you you do get all the great cameras and everything and then somebody else, Goes and trademarks your name, or someone else, you know what I mean. You're yeah. that's theirs now. That, that's happened sure. to artists, that's happened to people where they had an idea, they didn't do the due diligence to make sure everything was trademarked and locked in. And then somebody else came in, and now you got to pay them a bunch of money to get your own idea back.
0: Yeah. So, I would
1: just my main thing I would recommend to anybody trying to do a podcast or just anything when it comes to being an entrepreneur or just self-employed is just do all your research. It'll save you a lot of trouble in the long run. Cause there's things that I didn't know in the beginning that I wish if I knew it would have made things a little bit easier for me. And actually after I made the first mistake, what, cause I had the recorder, I ended up having an audio interface that I was using
0: yeah. and it wasn't the greatest. And then you recommend the, the Zoom.
1: So I ended up getting that and then everything was good to go from there. So it's like, just do your research with that, with whatever it is you want to do and be sure about the moves you make, be calculated. Don't just do it to do it, do it with a purpose. That'd be the main thing I recommend to anybody that's trying to get into the entrepreneurship type sector or just self-employed or anything like that. Just do your research. It will save you a lot of trouble.
0: That's the Don't be. Thing don't be afraid to ask questions, right? Like, don't be afraid to, to get advice from someone who knows what they're doing or has been in the game longer or who's even coming up at the same time. Right? Like Mm -hmm. you could be like you and I, our ideas for the podcast started roughly around the same time. Yeah, We both started talking relatively early into what we wanted to do.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: I was maybe like, I'll say like two weeks into it, maybe further along than you are from like the recording. Yeah. Standpoint, so when it came to production, I was a little bit more advanced. Yes, now I gave you some ideas, I gave you some thoughts, <laughs> a ultimately,
1: things, a lot of things that I did. Like, even because I was looking at Buzzsprout at the time, and yeah, me to the Podbean, and I was like, I ended up looking at both of them and then made my own decision. And I went with Podbean, you know what I That's mean? It. So it's all about just learning and not being hard headed and thinking I know everything because I For don't, sure. you know what I mean. And if somebody could teach me something or I could teach you something, why would I not do
0: it? 100%, right? And sometimes in in an entrepreneur world, sometimes people are reluctant to, to help others out, right? Because they see it as, you know, you're going to take away from my bottom line. Therefore, you figure it out on your own. I'm not going to help you. But the thing is where we are, we're a community. We're a community of people trying to get the same thing. And while some of our topics may be very similar, I don't look at you as competition or you as me as competition or anything like that. We're going to help each other. Because why? Because that's how you elevate everybody. When one person succeeds, everybody succeeds. And 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 that's what we want to do, right?
1: Of course. And I would say to anybody who does think like that, remember that I can never be you and you can never be me. That's right, just being you is what separates you from other people.
0: 100%. So, just
1: happen to being unique. We can both talk about the same thing, but we have different perspectives. Just like you 100%. said, some topics may be similar, like you might be talking about the same thing I'm talking about one week, but we're going to have different perspectives. You're going to deliver it different, and I'm going to deliver it different. And some people are going to listen to both, you know what I mean, to hear That's it from right. different perspectives. So, it doesn't take anything away from you. That's how I look at it. A lot of people look at it as Oh, man, it's taken away from you, but you're you and they're them. They can't do what you do and you can't do what they do.
0: Well, I mean, even early on, right? So we, we were talking a little bit about the production side of it, but then you had this opportunity where you were attending some of these like webinars and yeah. you shot me the link being like, hey, if you're interested in doing this, and that's not something I would have ever found on my own. I never would have come across it. Mm-hmm. and i was extremely grateful for the opportunity because it got to connect me with a few other people yeah. and see what everyone's sort of doing right mm-hmm. and then you you take that information you figure out how it's going to work for you but again it's it's those small things where we help each other out that allows people to be successful and not to be selfish and in a time like this where we can't socialize a lot of people are taking up you know instagram and and Facetiming and WhatsApp calling with people—that's yeah. their only way of social engagement. Um, the social media use, when it comes to like TikTok and Facebook and Instagram, has like gone up like three hundred percent from the beginning of February. I heard but that I heard people are, people are just glued to their phones, and their only form of interaction is, you know, through point. their social media. But let's let's build strong connections. Let's get to know people. Because honestly, if COVID doesn't happen who knows where we both are at this point, right? Yeah. Who knows where the politics as usual podcast would be um, with some of the stuff that's, that, you know, that, that's going on now. I don't know. I mean, the good thing about COVID, the thing that sort of changed my idea for this podcast is it made a lot of people more available than they probably would have been had there not been COVID. Sure. You know, I think back to some of my guests like a Cabby or a Tim McAuliffe or, you know, an Eric Smith or John Anik as a UFC commentator who are they really in their schedule is going to be, you know, jumping on and doing a, a zoom podcast. Like zoom probably benefited the most from COVID because every university and school ended up using a lot of it for getting their programming across.
1: Yep. For sure. I like, it's, it's, it's interesting to see how, how everybody kind of just pivoted. Yeah. You know what I mean, and everybody was like, okay, well, I can't see people as much, but now because I can go on a zoom chat and everybody's at home, I can connect with people that I normally would not be able to connect with, like you were saying earlier. And it's just great. Yeah. to see. Like I was watching some clips from, from your cabbie episode, literally before this, before we started shooting this episode. And it's like, is great to see like it's great to see those connections being made because now that you interview somebody like that when you shoot off a message to somebody else and they go okay let me see what the big old podcast is about and then they see the catalog of people you've talked to some of them are going to go if cabbie will go on that then i'll go on that or if this these caliber of people are going on this podcast then i'll go on why would i not it all falls in falls in line right so I think it's great. A lot of people have been capitalizing like you have during this um whole COVID nineteen pandemic
0: thing. Now, what you said is very true because I've run into that with some of my future guests. Now, it takes a little bit of whining and dining when it comes to some of these some of these choosing, guests. Choosing. Yeah. So and and it's like you said, you know, sometimes like early on dealing with like Cabbie or Tim McCallif, you're not dealing with like agents or PR people or anything like that. You're just dealing with the person who runs their social media account, which is them. Mm. But in reaching out with some people who I have coming in, you know, the off season of, uh, of baseball, I have a fairly prominent major league baseball player coming on in a few weeks Okay. when the season ends, you know, I, one of the things they asked me was, Hey, can you send us a few episodes of your podcast so we can get the feel for it? And so I'm thinking like exactly what you just said, Mm -hmm. hit them with a cabbie and a Tim McAuliffe, something that's sort of in their area where they can say, Oh, I can see how this episode is going to go. I can see the kinds of questions that he's going to ask. And they look for that catalog to see, you know, it might be, they go on Instagram and see how many, how many blue checks has he had on his podcast? Because, (laughs) because that's a big thing, right? So uh, it's, it's interesting my, my advice for anybody is shoot your shot. You know, what's the worst someone could say to you is no. That's right. But you could have the benefit of having someone who's like, you know what? Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. I've been more fortunate than not when it comes to my podcast and I've had out cabby on twice. I've been able to stay in communication with, you know, a Donovan Bennett and a, and a Tim McAuliffe who have helped me with future episodes when it mm-hmm. comes to, to other guys. But it's uh. I'm thankful for COVID because honestly, this podcast probably would have looked a lot different yeah. had COVID not happened.
1: But it's good to see that you're executing and making those things happen because now, like, other people that may listen to this are going to be like, wow, like, he started off and he was just shooting off emails and just taking a chance, taking a shot in the dark. And then oh, after yeah. it actually worked out, and once you get the ball rolling, it's easy. Because once you have a catalog of certain types of people that you've interviewed and talked to on your podcast, it is nothing for you to go start talking to other people. Because just like you said, one of the first things they said was, can we see other episodes? Who have you talked to? You know what I mean? Those things are what are going to elevate you to the next level. You got to start. A lot of people come into this and they just want to they want it to be a quick thing. They want it to just be a quick blow up. Like I do my little thing and it blows up and when they don't yeah. blow up right away, they just, it deters them from doing it. Like you were saying earlier, there's when COVID started, I'm sure there was a lot of podcasts that were just For beginning. Sure. And I'm sure there is not as many now that we're at this point in this. Whole sure. You know what I mean? It's all about just getting the ball rolling. Cause sometimes all it takes is that one episode and then boom you blow up. Like we're in the world we're in the, we're in a time where people just go viral.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: And it's not an overnight thing as much as people think it's overnight. That person's been hustling. It's just you just got introduced to them, but they've been doing this.
0: Like if you look at TikTok, you know, 15-year-old star Charlie D'Amelio, you okay. know, is now like a household name for anyone from the age of like 13 to 25 who's who's viewing TikTok. And this girl was like a dancer and had one video blow up and she has now like the most followers on TikTok and has like her own drink at Dunkin Donuts in the states because like that's all she drinks. Yeah, it's crazy. But that's what people see when they want to start something. They just see the let me get that one time click. It's just gonna be this one video, this hot take. It's gonna be something, But there's way more that goes into the longevity of being able to sustain something like that.
1: yeah
0: and it's putting in the work. It's all the back the background stuff like you mentioned earlier, yep. you know, making sure you own your business, mm-hmm. you put in all of the work ahead of time, whereas we're in now such a stage of instant gratification. Yep. That you know, people post photos and if they don't post it at the right time or don't get the right likes, they pull it down. I know. A- and don't then post it, post it in a in a in a prime time because they think that you know that's gonna be their better shot or, or just completely delete it and 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 start again another time. So it's it's interesting. Um it's I'm not from that generation. Yeah. You know, I'm I told my wife when I started this, if 10 people listen to my podcast, I'm okay. Cause this podcast is about me enjoying conversations with people who have meant something to me or I find interesting, but there's always going to be, you know, a rhyme or reason that this person is coming on. Mm -hmm. And if a million people listen to it, even better, like that's cool. Yep.
1: And, and when you have that mentality, you got to do it because you love it. Like if you were sure you didn't get, any money or any revenue from this or any sponsors, you would still do this because you love it. For sure. If I didn't make any profit off of this podcast, I would still do it because I yeah. still know that I can use this to do other things. You 100%. know, 100%. I mean? There's always there's always a way. If this thing doesn't make you money, you can use it to make money other ways or whatever it is. If, it, if it's something you're trying to monetize.
0: Right. People are
1: just doing it strictly for the love of it. And wherever it goes, that's a bonus for them. there's nothing wrong with that. But I just think it's all about really just knowing what you really want to do with it and just enjoying the ride because it's, it's enjoyable when you love it, when you don't love it, it's, it's, it's not, it's not a good time.
0: Yeah. Like uh, next week, I'm jumping on someone's podcast who reached out to me and was like, Hey, you want to jump on our podcast? We think you'd be like a great guest. And I was like, okay, I started listening to like their episodes and I'm listening to like the intros of like these people who are successful business people or yeah. former athletes. And I'm like, what the hell is my intro going to be? Hey, I'm like a father of two who does a podcast in his basement. Just kind of have a lot of fun with it. And nope. that's like my intro.
1: It's Julian from the <laughs> old podcast. That's right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's it. You know, you're going to be my PR guy from now on, you know, and I have to write my yeah. intro speech. I'm going to come to you.
1: Sometimes it's as simple as that. It's official. Yeah. Because all they got to do is type in big old podcasts now and boom, you pop up right That's away. It. The
0: bottom. That's it. You know, it's, it's, it's fun. Now I do want to get into you because you know, this, this has been a lot of fun. Yes. Um, I feel like we could honestly be probably talk for hours, of um, course. Of course. but I do have to bring up a few things. Now your brother said, yeah. Well-oiled machine. You were a specimen when it came to football and you explained it to when it came to, you know, just running over dudes and, and MVP in your final season. Now, some people tonight may not believe this. This is obviously more of a... It went from like this California hippie kind of trend to really more of a movement. But what surprised me was that you're a vegan, yes. right? Yes.
1: How
0: yeah. How have you been able to maintain that healthy lifestyle of being also like a a well finely tuned athlete on a plant-based diet
1: well for me it's
0: in the beginning
1: i was losing weight to be completely honest with you because i didn't know how to to really like i didn't know my portions i i just knew i'm eating vegetables that's kind of how i did it in the beginning right because I seen a lot of these wild videos of how they like, <laughs> treat animals and how our food gets to us. And it just freaked me out. So I was yeah. like, let me, let me, cause my brother actually he eats chicken, but he doesn't, he doesn't eat like pork or or, or yeah. stuff like that. Right. So he actually was the one that took me to, I think it was Harvey's once when I was younger <laughs> and I was, I'm a very picky eater at that time. Now I'm really okay. minded, and he gets me a veggie burger, but he doesn't say anything. So I'm I'm halfway through the burger. I'm like, this is this amazing. And he looks at me, sly, schmuck. He looks at me and just goes, You know, it's a veggie burger, right? I'm about to open my mouth to be like, oh, it does. He's like ah, does say, like, Yeah. And from there, I was more open-minded to it. And years later, I ended up just tapping into the whole vegan lifestyle. And it's it's a journey, it's not for everyone. I'll say it's definitely not for everyone. And as like, if you're an athlete and you're trying to do it, like you got to really know your portions, get all your protein. You got to make sure you're getting everything because you want to still maintain your size, depending on what kind of athlete you are. right? Maybe you want to maintain your size, or maybe if you're just like a sprinter or a marathon runner, size doesn't really matter to you. So it's just a matter of just changing your diet and having like your basic vegan diet. But for me, I found the best way to transition was remove one thing at a time. So I removed right. pork, then I removed beef, and then I removed chicken. So that's kind of how I went. I did it slowly. I didn't right. do it overnight. Some people go cold turkey. I, I made it like a I made it a process where I waited about like a year and I just slowly started taking things away. And from then I knew I was good to go. So for me, that was, that was probably the way I transitioned. A lot of people look at me like, how did you do it? Because to compared to when I played to now, I'm leaner, but right. I feel better. Right. So it's weird. Like, if you looked at my physique then, it may look better to people. Right. The way I feel now is better than back then.
0: And that's the important thing, right? Like, every, every person is different. So every – diet or intake or calories all of that is going to you know depend on on your body yeah right and cold turkey can work sometimes sometimes it can just shut a body down but most people do it the way you did it right elimination diet Mm -hmm. and vegans and i i appreciate vegans Mm -hmm. because i feel like i'm the counterbalance to you guys (laughs) with all the meat you don't eat like that's what Mm -hmm. i consume and all the veggies that i don't eat i know that it's being taken care of by people like you. So I feel like we're the perfect harmony in the world. <laughs> I could not thrive if it wasn't for people like you.
1: So pork, beef, everything's on the table for you.
0: Uh, no pork, no pork. Uh, I am a Muslim, so there's no pork. That okay. is haram. Okay. Okay. That's okay. it. But uh, chicken, beef, uh, fish, you know, having your brother over for dinner, I do know it's either chicken chicken or shrimp. Those are like the yeah. two main things that, that he will eat. And, yes, yes. Um, and so it's, again, I come from like a Middle Eastern family and a Mexican family. So, I mean, um, my wife being from Afghanistan, we get lots of like curries and rice. So that's always good for me. And then, yes. you know, my Spanish and, and, and Trini side, we're always about like the curry chicken and the curry goats and the, wow. and the jerk chicken, all that kind of stuff. So like I eat, I eat well, I eat well, I hide behind this hoodie, but I eat well.
1: Oh, I hear you. I remember the curry chicken days. I, I sometimes I miss it, but I just curry up some chickpeas now. Throw it in a little gap, I'm good to go.
0: I actually, it's funny you say that because I actually feel like uh, like you know, Trinidadians could transition pretty well to being a vegan because there's a lot yeah. of like chickpeas or spinach that yeah. is high in their diet, and so eliminating a little bit of that, like you know, chicken or beef, you know, it's 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 not too bad. It ain't for me. I ain't doing it. I got to support. Yes. The meat being eaten and consumed in the world, because you know we have to have that perfect balance. But yes. um, I found it interesting when 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 your brother brought it up, and he actually told me about the Harvey story, which yes, you know a little, a little bit sneaky, but I mean led you okay. down. Th- I wasn't right at
1: it. I was. If I didn't like the burger,
0: though, I yeah.
1: definitely wouldn't have been happy. But it was, I I liked it. I, I what could I really say?
0: Yeah. I'm a, I'm a meat connoisseur. My wife tried that one time and I was like, I ain't about this life. I know this ain't made for meat products. This tastes different to me. Pass. Sniff not this out right like your brother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So we talked talked a little bit of podcast. I want to get into a little bit of the NBA before I let you go. Um, obviously, um, you know, my dad is currently not talking to me. He's avoiding my calls as he is an L.A. Clipper fan. Um, <laughs> me being a Laker fan, quite, quite happy that the uh, balance has restored with people in their right minds to understand that can't cheer for a team that is just as bad, if not worse history than Cincinnati Bengals.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't even, uh, yeah, you're right. You're
0: right. <laughs> listen, the, the, the Clippers haven't, they're like, I saw this meme, uh, top like 10 teams in LA for, for basketball, uh, Lakers number one. Uh, I think like the Sparks were number two or three. UCLA basketball, uh, Venice pickup, uh, YMCA drop-in, <laughs> intramurals, and then like the last one was like the LA Clippers. And it's so true. It's so true. But the only thing that made me feel a little bit better than the Clippers losing was all of these Toronto fans when the Raptors were eliminated by the Boston Celtics. Oh. Uh. And I'm not a hater, Yes. but what I can't wrap my head around are the type of franchises that win one championship in like a million years Mm -hmm. and their fan base just doesn't stop talking about the championship. All I heard during COVID was like longest champions for one season, you know, 420 something days that we're NBA champions and they canceled the season. We'll be back to back. And I'm just like, give it a rest guys. It's over.
1: When, I knew before I left it wasn't happening. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I I I was very aware that was we were not going to win it this year. I was very aware. I thought we I thought we would have been able to possibly beat the Celtics, but I I did not think we were going to It's I think it's LeBron's year if you ask me.
0: For sure. I, it's yeah. lining up that way. He's a man on a
1: mission right now. He's a man on a mission and for me, I'm I'm kind of neutral. I'm really more of a football guy. I definitely know basketball. I pay attention, but when it comes to like having a spe- specific team that I go for, I don't really have a specific team. I kind of just watch and I enjoy it, right? Right. And just for the whole comedic effect, I really enjoyed seeing the Raptors lose, but then having the last laugh watching the Clippers lose.
0: Yeah. Being yeah. Kawhi for sure. Why
1: leave us? Doing us how he did us? And honestly. It's up to the players at the end of the day. They play where they want to play, right? But it was just very ironic to see him leave, and he's on this stacked team with Paul George and Beverly and all these players that are supposed to come together and make it happen, and then Denver comes through with a Canadian on the team. <laughs> From and Kitchener,
0: Ontario.
1: Falling out. Oh, yeah. I-, I love seeing that. that. That's great basketball right there. Upsets, I love
0: it. Again, if you want to talk about the comedic side of things, the roast of the L.A. Clippers that took place during the final minutes from C.J. McCollum and Damian Lillard on Twitter yeah. was some of the greatest, <laughs> entertaining tweets I'd ever seen in my life. Because when when Damian Lillard got eliminated, right? Pat Beverly, Paul George, they were making jokes about you know book your ticket to Cancun, have fun. They're waving bye to him, all of this stuff. And then CJ and Dame just went in on these two guys. And it was that sort of fitting thing, you know, for Toronto fans, Kawhi going to a place. and, And it came out recently within the last week, you know, Kawhi had said during his, you know, wooing by Toronto and the LA Clippers and Lakers, he said he didn't think that Toronto had the pieces to repeat. And then he goes to the L.A. Clippers, basically forces them to trade for Paul George, mortgage their future yeah. with all of these guys who are potentially free agents in this offseason. And there's a chance that, you know, in two years, he may not even be an L.A. Clipper anymore. He may have to go to another team because he didn't have the success that he thought he was going to have in that L.A. market.
1: Isn't it beautiful? It's wonderful.
0: It's poetic. It's it's poetic. It's very poetic. You know, it's. I love it.
1: it. It makes for great stories, great timelines. Like, think about everybody's mind state when Kawhi left. People thought Kawhi was going to LA to to go face LeBron. Like, we thought that's yeah. going to happen, and whoever wins there then goes on. You know what I mean? And to see them not even make it there, and we got Denver. That was probably on no one's radar. Right. When it comes to going that far and they pull off the upset, it's it's great. It kind of reminds me of um, back when, um, I believe it was Golden State with Baron Davis when they upset – Dallas
0: Mavericks? Yep,
1: when they upset the Mavs. That's it kind of gave me that energy like because everybody was like, just the Clippers,
0: like they got pumped. Yeah.
1: Kawhi, they got it, and then you just seen Denver come through and just ball out, push it to game seven. Doc Rivers on the sidelines sweating. <laughs> it was a beautiful sight. It was a beautiful sight.
0: Yeah, it was nice to not see Steve Ballmer jumping around like a giddy little kid, you know. He has to eat some humble pie and take his team to Anaheim because yeah. there is only one L.A. team. There is one market. And the other thing that I don't like, you know what, Doc Rivers? Get out of here with trying to hide the championships that the Lakers have won. You're in the house that the Lakers built. Staples yep. Center is where the Lakers—that's their arena, which is why they obviously want to leave. But don't cover it up. Use that as inspiration to have one of your, you know, you know what is it? Uh, conference champions, maybe. Actually, no, they can't even make it to the conference championship. My bad, I forgot. They're like, oh, and whatever, in second round playoff matchups. How many take top your top? ass out of L.A.
1: To cut you off. How many times has Doc been up 3-1 and then teams came back and, 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 and
0: won? I think it was three times. Uh, once like with Orlando. Three, right? Yeah, he did once with Orlando. Okay. Um, once with, obviously, the Clippers. Yeah. Did he do it twice with the Clippers? I can't remember. Maybe. I'm not too sure. I can't remember if... if um, if i think they lost to Houston i don't know if they were up 3-1 but it was in that Blake the Blake era of the uh, of the LA Clippers yeah i think it was in that era and then obviously you have uh, this one but you know who doesn't give up 3-1 leads in the playoffs lebron james Just yep. he's an animal shout out to
1: lebron he's an animal and he's probably one of the best characters outside sorry personalities outside of basketball like
0: all percent
1: does in the community and stuff like you have certain other greats i won't say their names that don't have that same you know what i mean love within the community you know what i mean for sure it's great to see what lebron's doing he has the school you know what i mean he's
0: he's fighting for yeah, yeah i promise school yep
1: you know what i mean he, he was one of the few people that was in the room saying that they didn't want to they didn't want to go and play any basketball for someone like him who is probably going to win the whole the championship that year it takes it takes a lot to put that aside to you know stand up for social issues so i definitely respect lebron
0: yeah there there are a few athletes that can transcend in sports and transcend in the world right i i made reference to this when i spoke with cabby you know i put lebron james in the same category as a muhammad ali yeah, and Muhammad Ali in his prime gave up being the the heavyweight champion, went to jail because he refused to fight in a war he didn't believe in. Yeah, you know, he I believe he said, you know, the Viet Cong ain't done nothing to me, and he wasn't going to fight in that war. You know, and he, he went to jail. He got known as a as a draft dodger. Yeah, um, it, he, but he stood up for what he believed in, and we don't always get athletes. Although they're the ones who are are often looked to in times like this. Oh, what is he going to do? What is LeBron going to do? And LeBron, you know, right, wrong, or indifferent, has the big shoulders in order to be able to hold on to that and say, yeah, you know what, I'll speak on this. Yeah. I'm going to do this. And when it came to the the Jacob Blake shooting, um, you know, once the NBA was in the bubble, uh, he was one of the of the people to say, hey, listen. I don't want to, let's, let's boycott these games. There are things that, you know, are bigger than us. We thought we could come here and, you know, make a big difference. And, you know, the Raptors had their black lives matter bus. They were wearing all of their, the, you know, the, 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 the nickname, not the nicknames, but they have, they were able to choose from a list of things that they could list on the back of their jerseys to bring attention to social issues. And then, you know, for him, he was like, you know, that, that that's it. But, you know, what came out of the boycott for those couple of days where they were able to effectively, you know, increase the amount of voting stations based on, you know, owners ownership of their arenas, uh, teams and players were registering to vote. So they were using their platform as best as they could in order to evoke change within their country and within their community. And it doesn't happen often. Yeah, uh, because a lot of people are afraid to you know make mistakes when they have such you know high followings or clout. Because we've seen how easily people on a pedestal can fall. Yeah. If you look at someone like you know an Ellen DeGeneres, for instance, yeah, she was afraid. the queen until she wasn't anymore. They're butchering her right now. It's raw. Uh, was, was bringing attention to an issue that came out during COVID. Yeah. I mean, I could say a few other things, but I just said, you know, she was on a pedestal. She was yeah. seen as America's sweetheart. Yeah. Right? Sort of she was untouchable. Yeah. She
1: She was like a white Oprah.
0: <laughs> but she made some mistakes and very yeah. quickly yeah. lost all of that. Yeah. And knocked her down. And that's what people are afraid of. People are afraid of losing their social standing, losing their clout. Kevin Spacey, another one of them. Highly regarded actor. When all of that stuff came out, they killed him off, you know, his show and that was the Netflix you know,
1: series, right? Where he was yeah,
0: House of Cards, you know, of one cards. of the <laughs> one of the single greatest characters in yeah. any show that I've ever seen. But again, it just shows you that when, you know, you make a mistake, and obviously his mistake was really big and so was, was Ellen's. Yeah. But you know, if, if something like that happens, there are people just waiting to tear you down, and that's what people are afraid of. So they don't want to put their neck out to be the face or the voice of change or to put themselves out there because they know the fall could be great if you step out of line even just a little bit. Unless you're Donald Trump. Donald Trump, man, the more controversy, the better his voting odds are of him becoming president one more time.
1: Which is which is wild. Yeah. I don't even if I was an American right now, I wouldn't even know who to like that's what sucks. Like you, you only really have two options. What if yeah. you don't like any of them? Cause I'm not a fan of either of them, in my right. opinion,
0: honestly. So well, just... vote vote for Kanye, right? Oh god! Wow, <laughs> <sighs> I don't. even a, that's a whole that's a whole other thing. Yeah. But I mean, no, you bring up a great point, right? And it's unfortunate. I mean, in Canada, obviously, we have some different options. We have more options available to us, and still, even then, you know, some people may not align with any of the views of any of them, and now you're either not voting or you're trying to, you know, vote for the the lesser evil in your mind. Mm-hmm. But it's hard anytime you put the power of an entire country, especially one like the United States of America, where you have a social media famous person as the person, the commander-in-chief of arguably like one of the greatest, if not the greatest you know armies in the, world. in the world, yeah.
1: That's that's a scary thought.
0: Oh, yeah, very craziness. Scary
1: craziness. That's what makes someone like Kanye feel like they can, you know what I mean, make a run for president. too.
0: There, to there may be some extenuating circumstances as to why Kanye believes that he could become president, but yeah, 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 yeah. that's that's a politics as usual topic <laughs> to tackle. <laughs> for real, it's true. It's true. All right, last thing before I want to wrap up. I want to talk a little bit of football because I've given you a hard time about your Cincinnati Bengals uh, who are actually currently playing on a night that we are recording. Yes. Um, but I did want to know, you know, a lot of, lot of moving pieces, obviously uh, a no preseason, which affected a lot of teams this year. Yep. Um, currently losing 28-16 to 16 to the Cleveland Browns, which oh, boy. I, mean, I mean says everything you need to right there. Uh, I can't even watch
1: the games. I really, <laughs> I really, that's why I didn't know when this first started. I didn't even know what was happening. It's hard, yeah. to, it's
0: hard <laughs> I to, had to bring it up. It was just, it was poetic that, you know, that they were playing <laughs> on a night like, we, were, we were recording. <laughs> Tom Brady moves to Tampa Bay. Yeah. Cam Newton takes his place in New England. Mm-hmm. A lot of moving pieces. You get an older, uh, Drew Brees, who's probably in the final year or two of of him to try to make a championship run. Aaron Rodgers has a new coach. Dallas has a new coach. In your mind, Mm -hmm. you know, you're a football guy. Yeah. What is your prediction for For Super Bowl Mm -hmm. and who wins?
1: That boy, Patrick, is playing different. It's hard to go against the the champs right now. It's very hard to go against the champs. Um, I believe Tampa Bay is the sexy pick for a lot of people. Tampa Bay, yep. (laughs) You know, a lot of people want to go with with, with definitely with, with Tom, but, like, man, when he threw that pick to Janoris Jenkins in that first game and he brought that back to the house, I know that. I made mean, people kind of look around. Like it's still early in the season. Like you said, they yeah. haven't had preseason to really like work on chemistry. And if if you really know football, you know how how important chemistry is. Like anybody that's played or anybody that's a huge fan, they know that the quarterback chemistry within the offense is crucial. If, they, sure. if they're not on the same page, it doesn't work. Even if you have the greatest players on paper, so. For me, if we're talking Super Bowl predictions, I'm I'm going to say the Chiefs. I'm okay if the Chiefs don't win, and I said the Chiefs on this episode. But if I said another team and they just weren't even close, that would kill me. So I'm just going to go with the safe pick, and I'm going to say I think the Chiefs are going to win.
0: Patrick Mahomes, uh, Super Bowl MVP. Uh, I think he's been league MVP in his second year a yep. uh, $400 million contract yep. just proposed to his girlfriend all before the age of 25. Yep. Man, if you're under 25, like what have you done with your life? For real. Because Patrick Mahomes has taken over the world. I think he's even a minority owner That's for a good. sports team. I think it might be. The, is it the Dodgers? I believe. No, no, not the Dodgers. Sorry. Is it a Kansas City team? I think it's a, it might be like a soccer team or something. Oh no, no, it's the Royals. It's Kansas City Royals. Never mind. Yeah, right. yeah, You're right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, man, 25 years old. That guy. That guy could retire now and be be set for life. The moment that
1: let me know he's a real baller is when he said proposing to my wife was more difficult than the fourth quarter in the Super Bowl. I was like, <laughs> oh
0: he's cold (laughs) yeah he yeah he's he is just he's built differently he's built from another just a different piece of cloth than everybody else he's the only person that i truly fear coming for the title of greatest of all time from my boy tommy terrific yeah over my shoulder here yeah he he's the goat but I, i can't i'd be lying if i said i was i wasn't scared about you know what patrick mahomes is gonna look like and in three years, let alone ten years from now. Um, all right, I like it, Kansas City. I can I can ride with that. And dark
1: horse pick, watch out for Seattle. Watch oh, for Russ. He's a problem. That's that's a little dark horse pick for you. I think he might be able to pull off something because that oh. defense is solid and he's like a Patrick Mahomes type player. Even though he's been in the league longer, it's almost a disrespectful yeah. thing to say that but they kind of have the same type of style they can show sure. on the run. They can do those unorthodox throws. They can extend plays. It'll be interesting to see what happens this season.
0: Well, Bill Belichick, cause they're playing, the Patriots are playing Seattle this Sunday coming up. Um, he has said, you know, that there, he does not believe there is a better quarterback in the NFL than Russell Wilson. So. Yeah. Yeah. He's dangerous. Angels. Well, I'll I'll thank him for the the lovely. Uh, let's not give it to Marshawn Lynch and win a Super Bowl. We'll throw it and have it picked off by uh, Malcolm Butler. I'll appreciate that. I'll take another championship ring for the Patriots. Was that his call or was that Carol's no, no. call? That was Pete. That, Carroll, right? That's Carol's call. It's. Okay. I mean, there's only one place you don't throw that football if you're Russell Wilson. Unfortunately he did throw it there. Yeah. I mean, like you take you take an incompletion at that point, stop the clock, but you don't throw a pick in the end zone cool. like that. That's about um, as
1: bad as the, the Titans and Rams where each oh. um, – McNair threw it. I can't remember the receiver, but he just tried yeah. to extend it and he couldn't get it. That's one of the – Yeah, those. it was like
0: a, a yard and a half short against yeah. the greatest show on turf, which funny enough was the year before I became a Patriots fan – uh because i wasn't really following football back then yeah. i got into betting on like prop bets for like the super bowl okay. and uh, that was like the first year and i was like oh this is pretty cool and then i just always fell in love with the underdogs and when the patriots played the seattle or uh, sorry the st louis rams yeah. in the super bowl um i was like all right let's go patriots and then it sort of just stuck with me because you know you had tom brady coming off of taking over for drew Bledsoe and then Tom Brady gets injured when drew Bledsoe comes back and you know, then they end up beating, you know, Tory Holt and Kurt Warner and Marshall Falk and all of these guys. And that was it for me. Yeah. The, uh, new England Patriots. If you're not cheating, you ain't trying. Jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out Eddie Guerrero.
1: I lie. I cheat. I steal.
0: (laughs) That's it, man. Latino heat. Uh, listen, uh, this has been fun, man. Reno, this has been, uh, this has been a blast. I'm glad we finally got to connect for this, uh, tell everybody where they can find the politics as usual podcast hit uh, them with it.
1: You could, uh, find the politics as usual podcast on Spotify, Google, iTunes, Stitcher, Amazon music, pr- pretty much any podcast platform. You can find the politics as usual podcast.
0: Shout out to Podbean, who makes that super easy to upload to all of those platforms. They make it super sweet. And I definitely want to say, thank you for having
1: me. I appreciate you having me on your podcast.
0: Anytime, man. And I definitely
1: want you to come to our podcast so we could chop it up about the craziness that happened. (laughs) Listen.
0: Anytime, man, you want me on, I will come and add a different take. You know, I've already talked about, you know, starting an after show for your podcast because I have so many thoughts and opinions on the topics that you guys talk about. It really is one of the uh, podcasts that gets you to think and allows you to have an opinion. So I recommend anybody check it out. New episodes drop every Thursday, wherever you get your podcast. So make sure you check out the Politics As Usual podcast. I'm your host, Julian Ortiz, from my guest, Reno. Thank you for watching and listening, everybody. Have a great night.